0: Welcome to The Tailored Quill. I'm Taylor Wilkins, and I hope you enjoy today's perspective. My job and my business is to help people create time and peace in their life by decreasing insecurity and defining life purpose. So I'm going to be talking with a lot of different people around topics of self-reflection, self-awareness, insecurities, life purpose, and how to genuinely just be happy and fulfilled in life. Does that seem like a good topic for you, Dan?
1: Perfect topic for everything that I know about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the expert be the best on one all, all really five good. things.
1: Yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. my speciality.
0: You're like, perfect, this is me. <laughs> um, this is me. Yeah, yeah,
2: oh, yeah. greatest showman reference. Greatest showman. Yeah.
0: Reference. Already, it's been like 30 seconds. <laughs> Hopefully, Hugh Jackman sees this at some point. I hope so. Yeah, we could. Our closing could be like a rendition of one of the songs.
1: If I mean, obviously, <laughs> just be like our drive to Colorado. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Um, cool, but also for those people who are watching and listening and wondering who this beautiful gentleman is that I'm talking to. Dan and I met a few years ago in Boston. He's a dear friend of mine and I couldn't think of a better person to be my first guest on the show because even though Dan doesn't work in psychology, he loves psychology and he and I met at an event that I will just say that it was a social experiment in and of itself. And when I met Dan, I immediately realized how much of an observer you are. How much you love people watching and analyzing and looking looking beneath the surface of things. So we hit it off immediately. And um, Dan is prolific, I should say, in the area of education policy, but also just like education administration and management. He's worked in a lot of different aspects of education, which I'm, I'll let Dan talk a little bit about as well. But he is definitely on a mission in life for at least educational equality, but you'll find out that he has a huge mission around equality in on the global scale, too. Loves diversity and also loves and secretly is obsessed with public transportation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Put it on blast. Such hours. as
0: trains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trains. After Dan and I met a few years ago, we had, God, uh, Dan was nice enough to take me up on some sessions and we got together and just nerded out talking about like all things life and psychology and dug deep and in one of our first conversations we found out that dan just loves boats Uh, (laughs) and loves trains
1: i have a notebook somewhere where it's literally like circled three times
2: yeah and there's like
1: red lines connecting it so thank you for that that yeah
0: well the the best part about the kind of conversations we have and the type of conversations that we enjoy is that in that same day we learned how much you care about social justice and trains
1: (laughs) we can really discuss the highs and the lows that's what we're good at that's why it's been fun being your friend
0: exactly and we can just talk about whatever but to get things started uh first of all dan if you want to is there anything that you want to clarify kind of about what you do for work and what I mentioned about everything that you've been doing in the education field?
1: You no, know, I mean your introduction was way more generous than any way that I would ever describe <laughs> myself. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I am. My official title is the Operations Lead, uh, which is basically a title that I have created that just encompasses all of the day-to-day functions uh, that I have under my hat working at a Boston Public High School. Um, I have been a teacher, I've worked in higher ed, I've worked at a magazine that was educationally focused. Uh, so I have a couple of different experiences there. But yeah, right now focusing mostly on the K-12 sphere um, and helping students to have opportunities.
0: Nice. I love that. So the first question then to just kind of like get us diving into it is like, why education? Because I know that social justice and equality and diversity is important to you, but like, why is education the realm that you Focused in. Uh,
1: great questions that I totally prepped for all of, <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> of time to think about my lives. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't you were like, oh, you want to have a phone call in a few days? Like, your life.
0: Well, um, you, you've worked with me before. <laughs> you know that I just like cut right in. Straight in. I don't need you to prepare. <laughs>
1: uh, exactly. <laughs> Education for me. I think in life sometimes it's like part uh, part intentionality, part luck or fate or accident in some ways. Um, so I went to school, I applied to college wanting to do journalism. Uh, didn't go to journalism school, took journalism classes, but instead uh, went to school in Colorado and then after graduating, I still very much thought that I was going to go into the writing field. Uh, But a friend called me and asked me if I wanted to go on a thousand mile bike ride with him. And I said, sure. Uh, I don't know to this day, like why we connected, we had known each other maybe like a year at that point. Um, He was becoming a doctor and this was his last year off. Uh, and he just called me and I decided to do it with him and another college friend. So I think part sounds, of sounds,
0: sounds terrible.
1: It was, uh, it, it was kind of terrible.
0: <laughs> I just don't <laughs> I mean, like biking. So that sounds yeah, awful.
1: <laughs> it was, it was, it was beautiful and it was fun. It's one of those things where it's like during it, you're like, this is the worst thing that I've ever done sitting on this bike saddle that it's not comfortable. It's like it's it's just not. It's not made to be comfortable, I don't think. And you sit on that ninety miles a day in the hot summer of the south. Uh, one of those things where it's like afterwards, like I'm so glad I did that, but during it, uh, not so much. But digression from during that during that bike ride, I got a phone call to interview for a fellowship position at the college that I graduated from. So I think that's kind of how. I got into the educational space. Um, I obviously very much, not obviously, but I enjoyed my educational experience. I think it very much helped me to become who I am today and I'm very grateful for it. And I think reflecting back now as I've gotten older, it has felt like a space. They say, you know, they say sometimes that uh, you should, kind of like pass on whatever the thing is that you had that was really transformational for you. If you can pass that on to the next generation, that's good. That's like mm-hmm. a nice way to live life in some ways. And I think the thing like that, that I absolutely loved is education. Um, so part of it is just helping to create those opportunities for other people, because I feel so fortunate to have had them myself. Um, that's kind of how it began. I'm not sure that was a cogent story, but yeah, that was the beginning. And then I think now education is a piece of when you think about kind of like the world at large, um, education is often one of those things that gets pointed to as how we can help balance the scales in some ways. Um, so that's kind of what keeps me into it.
0: Love that. <clears throat> that's cool. I like that. I've never actually thought about that kind of quote or that perspective of whatever was transformational for you could be passed on and be an opportunity someone else so i like the way that you thought about that
1: yeah i think i've seen the quote actually is like be the person that you wish you had um if you didn't have those sort of thing but i think relatedly, you could be the person that you're thankful that you had um or someone else
0: right yeah i've heard that a lot in like the the business space especially with the entrepreneurship space like in the personal development world in my my industry too a, a lot of people will start businesses based on a service that they wish they had when they were younger or they might that might be how they even come up with their idea just to be like what would i have needed back then so it's cool that you're not in the entrepreneurship space <laughs> no. and it's very much like Directed toward an institution that's already been very firmly established.
1: Exactly. I feel like, too, that as much as education, it feels good to be like you're giving back to someone else. I think that selfishly, too, it's something that serves my needs in a sense that, like, you know, this as well as anyone because we've had these conversations is that I just think about things so much um, to a fault, probably, in some ways. And I have this, like, very high bar that I've created either. Uh, it's useful or perhaps not in some ways but to me education feels like a sector or a field that is kind of like valuable and important and I think I would have a hard time working at something that I didn't feel like was valuable in some way Um, so it kind of serves that personal mission of mine
0: sure and obviously I I think I told you I have like a overall structure of a few questions I'm going to ask but I knew that this would happen and we're just going to go off on little tangents here Um, so that brings up an interesting point like I wonder what is your opinion opinion or just perspective on legacy (laughs) I'll give you context I know that that's you're just like what so, the con, <laughs>
1: yeah, let me, let me ask that to you. Sam.
0: <laughs> the internet shuts down. No, so, so my context in asking that is like, especially in the education world, you hear a lot of teachers talking about the impact that they want to leave on students, or administrators saying, like, the life that they want to create or inspire for students. And I know that you have you think a lot about impact because you care a lot about the students, and that's why you're creating a lot of initiatives and programs and things. And a lot of what you're saying feels like it's kind of like a legacy conversation about like, what can, what opportunities can you offer other people? So I wonder if you think about it in that kind of way of like, what kind of legacy could you leave? Or if you have a different perspective on legacy or if you've ever even thought about legacy, some people don't, some people yeah. don't care about it.
1: I think about it. Yes. Um, I think one of the things that I have done in my life is often to think about the end of life and imagining, hopefully, it's a lot later, um, but imagining I'm an elderly man laying in my bed eating crumpets. I don't know why crumpets are the thing that I'm eating.
0: Because <laughs> you'll be living in England at the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: England, having some tea, eating some crumpets. Um, but, uh, I think the goal is to be able to think back on your life and be proud of the things you did, obviously, um, to not, to not have regrets or to not wish that you had done some major things differently. So a lot of the books and the things that are important to me do ask that question. Clayton Christensen, um, asks, you know, he, he, his whole book, how do you measure your life? is about thinking about that question um Tuesdays with Maury which was one of kind of like the most influential books that I read growing up and to this day it's somewhere over on my shelf over there um but his thing is kind of like how do you what is yeah what is the legacy that you want to leave um and probably because I'm a softy at heart uh or because it's what the books always say but inevitably that boils down to like love or relationships um and I think so I think that for me in some sense legacy has two components legacy right it's kind of like how are you remembered as an individual and then like what do you leave which are probably connected but in some ways separate um it's a tree has little seeds that it that it you know spreads all over the place and then those seeds grow and become different trees um and the tree may stand or may get cut down uh so like the tree is one thing and then the seeds are one thing uh I think for me
0: that's a good metaphor.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I like totally just made it up.
0: I can tell, <laughs> but, that's, but a, it works. Yeah. It works. <laughs> <laughs> just go to trees. That a
1: tree. Yeah. But, um, I think of like the what's that children's book? shell Silverstein. Oh. The, the Giving Tree. Yeah. 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 Turn the tree into cut new or stump or whatever. But uh, so I think for me, it's it's trying to do the seeds uh I think we all have egos and want to be remembered and sure I'm you know inevitably I have those things too um but I think it's important today today to think about not just the legacy that we have as individuals but how are we helping contribute to a more just fair equal world I think part of the reason to circle all the way back that I got involved in education is that I was fortunate to travel a lot when I went to college. The first thing I remembered, which was ironically, I think he had been to England um, recently or like studied there. Uh, And we had this like group of people and all of them had done such cool things. Mm -hmm. They were like, Oh, I like took six months and did an internship in London or I traveled to, you know, Brazil or all these people had done these amazing things. And I was like I played soccer and you know made movies with my friends I didn't feel like I had like a really interesting story to tell so I remember early on in my college experience I was like I'm going to live this life that I think will have these amazing stories Um, so I was like very intentional about that Mm -hmm. and one of the ways that I did that was by traveling and every opportunity I could I would save my money I would you know, eat peas out of a can and then just blow it all on like a plane flight, um, which I still do to this day, which you probably know, is that yeah, Eat like a sociopath and then blow it all on traveling.) <laughs> uh, so I think when you travel, depending on where you go, and really anywhere that you go, if you look for it, there's just a, a level of poverty that exists. That is so separate from the daily lives that, like most of my friends and my family live, and and you can find it in the United States too. And I think that's why. And thinking about my own career path, I thought about working internationally too, but you realize that those things exist in the United States as well. Um, so. I don't remember why I started telling you this story, <laughs> but I think part of part of the legacy is is thinking about kind of like the privileges that I have and how do I use those privileges in some way to uh, to help other people have these experiences that I feel um, grateful to have had, which I've said already. Um, but I
0: like that. I like that though. Yeah, I've actually never thought of. I personally don't, I don't know if this is a bad thing, but I personally like don't find myself thinking a lot about legacy. I don't think much. I'm kind of like you in the sense that like, yeah, every once in a while I'll wonder what it's like at the very end of my life. Like sound morbid, but I do definitely like reflect on the concept and philosophy of death and like what that is like in, yeah. for a human, for the human conditioning. But even though I think about that, I rarely think about the actual word legacy as in like what am i going to do what am i going what kind of impact will i have all the way down the line when i'm done <laughs> so i really like what i really like that tree metaphor i wrote down of how like you have what you're remembered for and that could just be your personality your work etc and it's like the seeds you plant it's like the actual legacy
2: yeah
0: i think i think i was i don't know if i was talking to you about it the other day but there was a quote i read where <clears throat> legacy is the things is like the plant or the seeds you plant now that you'll never see grow. That, I like, that a lot. like you still, you know, if, if you and I, <clears throat> you and I are pretty clear on our missions in life and the things that drive us and what our ambitions are. And so we just know that we will be spreading seeds, but we don't know. We won't know necessarily what the impact is.
1: Totally. So. Yeah. I think. Inevitably, in your work too, that you, your seeds in some ways are, you're planting a lot of seeds into people, which sounds weird. When I want to say like that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah. Investing like your time and energy in helping uh, people to figure out the things that are important to them. And, you know, it's, you're not going to get a certificate or a trophy for that, but inevitably, part of the legacy that you leave will be ways in which you have helped people to grow
0: yeah absolutely yeah. and I think you and I are very similar in the sense that we don't want a trophy
1: no I don't know where I put it right maybe like a gift certificate but <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's just, t- uh,
0: just the way that uh, you said yeah just the way that you said a minute ago that like yeah you might have that piece of that ego too of like wanting to be remembered for something you said it yeah. in such a separate and distant way that you're just kind of like eh, whatever (laughs) so it's more about your impact it's not about you being remembered as like dan the famous education reformer
1: yeah no not not for me i mean it's a yeah not for me it has been i mean tangentially just because this is what we do all the time yeah Uh, naturally i've been thinking i was thinking the other day about how like we have we have these like stories about who we are as people and like, we imagine in some ways that we are these cohesive units of self. That's not a very eloquent way of saying that. Um, no, I'm with you. I, I think that I've been thinking recently kind of about how, how we are made up of so many experiences like people in some ways that are not ourselves um that that inevitably as we go through our lives we start to come across more people engage with more people fall in love with people have friends family that kind of like leave they leave a mark but almost more like we are we're like these puzzles I'm just going to use analogies all day long that's fine these puzzles that then like originally we start out as a you know a a full puzzle and then as life goes on you start to like replace some of the pieces with like other people and other experiences and things so it's like you're still always your same puzzle um but over time you start to incorporate other people into your uh into your ego and self um i think that in, in thinking about like the legacy piece like a piece of me i think will live on in some ways in the people who are most important to me who i've touched and been a part of their lives um in the same way that you know other people have become part of me um that i am you know my parents and my friends and my relationships and my mentors and my teachers uh, So that their legacy lives through me in the same way that my legacy in some way will live through others in the future.
0: Absolutely. It's like the spider web effect.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: No, I like that a lot. And this is great. This is hilarious, first of all. So for for those of you who are watching or listening to this, this is what happens. This is why Dan is such a great first guest to kind of set the tone for this, this kind of show. Because I do actually have a list of questions. I haven't asked a single one We're not <laughs> to yeah, I can get to any of them. And then all of a sudden you're going to have your other meeting come up and be like two <laughs> hours. But, um, yeah, I'll stay on that for a second. Cause you know, oh, there's so many ways I can take that. But the first thing that comes to mind is there was a book that I read in college, a sociology book. And I forget the, I forget the author, but it was the social construction of the self.
2: Mm and it's yeah
0: (laughs) and it's just uh it was basically just hammering in the point that our self concept and our awareness and our sense of self like you just described is created by our interactions with people because when we can't really figure out our own selves we need the feedback of social interactions Mm. to see where we stand in like a social hierarchy and then we start to develop you know are we start to recognize what we're good at or how we interact with that person is different than this person, blah, blah, blah. But I bring that up to, to emphasize that, yes, we are all just like puzzles. And that's why when I talk with people about identity, identity, especially in like the psychoanalytic world or psychotherapeutic realms, identity is just such an amorphous thing. Mm-hmm. It's like what Jim Carrey talks about, about personality. It's just this like, combination of mental constructs that we call a personality but it's not there's nothing real to it that's why all the tests are projective there's like something qual- like qualitative about it so i completely agree with you <laughs> looping it all the way back it's like that's why it totally makes sense that it's like our legacy is about the spider web effect of how we impact other people what seeds we what seeds we lay in the world, and it's not just about us because we are made up of so many other people and experience totally. already.
1: Yeah, and it definitely—if you think about it that way—it starts to like imbue every action almost with so much more meaning um, that you start to think about if you're constantly interacting, engaging with, being shaped by, and then shaping others, then inevitably, like all of your actions in some way have some value to them. Um, Jim Carrey, also someone that we need to uh, somehow get to be on the show and watch the show along with Hugh Jackman and Jim Carrey. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so true. And for those of you watching, Dan and I bonded heavily over Jim Carrey's uh, commentary and videos on the, the development of the self and mental health and depression and his own existential journey that he went through. So yeah. that's why we keep quoting him. <laughs> but yeah, Maybe he'll hear this. Maybe he'll want to come
1: think, on. I think you, it must've been you who shared, he has this really great commencement speech too. Um, yeah. And if you didn't share it with me, I'm sure you've obviously seen it. Um, but yeah. he talks about his relationship with his dad and how he saw his dad. You probably, paraphrase this better than I did, but I think his dad was like a banker or something. And eventually, and he didn't love banking, but he did it because it's part of the family. And then eventually he lost his job. And I think his quote from that experience was basically that he saw his dad and he said, you can uh it's like you can fail at what you don't love. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you do love. Which is a butchered version of what he actually said. (laughs) Uh, That's a great Jim Carrey quote.
0: <clears throat> yeah yeah no i remember that and his dad was really funny and like really enjoyed making people laugh too but mm-hmm. never never made that into a career yeah and so jim saw his dad you know sacrifice what he loved and then ended up being like so disappointed when he lost a job that he didn't even like yeah so yeah
1: jim carrey if you're out there come say
0: hey <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> How on <hop. laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so now we're all on all, on all sorts of different tangents, but going back to you, focusing back on you. Cause I know you yeah, love perfect, that you so much. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Let's turn the spotlight back on you. Um, you know, when you were talking about opportunities for other people who may not otherwise get certain opportunities or experiences in life to have these amazing life stories like you committed yourself to. You know, what's the first question is like, what's the term that you gravitate toward the most? Is it like that are kind of like pop culture? Is it social justice? Is it just diversity? Is it equality, social equality? You bring up fairness a lot. So like, I don't know, like, do you, do you feel like you have one of those terms that's like your benchmark?
1: You're such a good question asker. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
0: Um... I want to do this show.
1: (laughs) I was an English major, um, so I nitpick words all the time, uh, and I have, as you know, and now the world will know, I have all these like different documents and spreadsheets that I use to like reflect on my life and physical journals that I handwrite in, just all these things all over the place. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things that I keep is a reflection resume um i've had it for a few years now and i just like tinker with it all the time um, and there's a section at the top that has i think like to your point about like identity too mm. is that as a digression obviously of is course. that like there's so much that goes into someone's identity. Um, sometimes so much so that I'll be like, who am I? Um, and then I'll like, look at these spreadsheets and be like, Oh, maybe like that's what I'm <laughs> like, a reminder. like, I've written this down before. Like maybe I know. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Let a spreadsheet tell you what your identity is. <laughs>
1: I was like, I wrote it in. It was my spreadsheet. Like I put it in there at one point, um, like a reminder, like who, what, what, what? what have I become? Who am I? Um but at the top of this document there's there's now four sections, but for a long time there's been three sections and it's like passions, uh beliefs, and skills. Because inevitably in some sort of career you combine elements of all those things. Um and you know this like I'm very passionate about boats. <laughs> but boats is not like a skill set that I have. <laughs> so like it's a matching game trying to figure out like what is the career career that I want and trying to piece those things together. Um, so I've tried to separate them as a way of then figuring out. Then you can start to figure out what's most important. Um, But in the belief section, I have a lot of the words that you are discussing. Um, And I always change them based on how I'm feeling. I think you pointed out a lot of them. I think a good word is justice. Um, I think a good word is equity and equality. Right now, the word that I have highlighted, though, because I'm big into colors, like love. Blue highlight currently is is the highlight du jour. Uh, this is just access oh. because I think that I think that so much of our challenges are structural and they end up preventing people from reaching their full potential. Um, my purpose in some ways, like I've been, I've been affected by this book. Let's see if I can see it. I forget the title. Unfortunately, my vision is not great. Um,
0: Nor is your memory.
1: <laughs> my memory is trash. That's why I need the spreadsheets to remind me who I am. Because I can't remember. Um, it's called When Helping Hurts. I just saw it. It's blue. okay. <laughs> um, and it, it's a fascinating book that came about in my life because my mom grew up in Denver. And her parents were pretty conservatively Jewish. And she lived in a small house. Her her parents lived there their entire lives, basically. And next door, they had these really great neighbors who were um, pretty right-wing conservative. Um, And despite that fact, they were like family. Uh, and I remember going over to their house and I think they're called pretzellies or something. Uh, they're like a flat cookie. It looks like they've like been pancaked and they have like a design. They kind of look like snowflakes. Sometimes they taste like licorice, which is trash. Uh, but they made them not taste like licorice. which is a lot <laughs> <better>. <laughs> I liked it when it didn't taste like licorice. Um, so she ended up, uh, working, she works now in the Trump, World. She's in the White House somewhere. Uh, I forget the actual department, but my mom connected me with her to reach out once upon a time about thinking about politics. And she was like, I recommend that you read this book. And I said, Great. I love reading books. Like, bring it on. So I read it. And basically, the concept is it's interesting because obviously we have these like preconceptions of what people believe. um, And unfortunately, that's all over the news and helps us, hurts us, prevents us from getting to know other people sometimes. Um but basically the concept of the book is that is that when trying to help people, you have to separate what is helpful for them and what is actually just your ego that you're trying to satisfy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that truly helping someone is to empower them to be the person that they want to be. Um, so I've I've thought about that a lot and trying to figure out how to do that work in some ways. Uh, and again I forgot the, the memory. Where was I going with this? <laughs> um, <laughs> we were talking about a- oh, access. Yeah. Um, so I think a piece of it sometimes is that like people have they have power to do Amazing things. The problem becomes when we create systems that hinder them, prevent them from doing those things. Um, And so I think a lot about. I like the word access because I think that if you have access to food, shelter, security, kind of these like basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that you will inevitably make your way up to self-actualization question mark is that at the top
0: that is Uh, at the top yeah
1: self-actualization uh and that my job quote-unquote as someone who cares about this work is to help remove the barriers to accessing those things to empower people to do what it is that they want to do um
0: the end nice nice so if i'm hearing you right it's like your your job is to alleviate whatever is getting in the way of that access so they're able to access it
1: yeah exactly i think i think that that's you know sometimes the access is like people don't have the resources um i think for instance like one of the barriers is for instance um because i'm in the educational world like these big important tests can be barriers sometimes more than they are enablers um i fully understand that like we need ways to measure and compare um and understand through data where there are um know where we're missing the mark and where we need to provide additional supports but i think that sometimes these tests can relay the message to someone that you're not welcome here and that then that prevents them from getting to do the thing that they want to do Um, so i think about i think about the structural barriers Uh, And inevitably, those are things that we as society have created, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm reading this book right now. The Sun Does Shine. It's right over next to me. Um, And it's, it is a book written by a man who was convicted of murder, who then, Brian Stevenson, who wrote Just Mercy, which just came out as a movie, which is dope. (laughs) um, who does EJI, EJI in Alabama. Um, he helped him to get off because he was innocent and wrongly convicted. Um, and the idea behind that book in some ways is that like, there were so many things that, that got in his way that prevented him from getting to live the life that he wanted to live. He was, you know, convicted, in some ways because of his race and because of his income level and then there's little things that like you know one of the quotes that brian stevenson says is that we have a justice system that works better for the rich and the guilty than the poor and the innocent and like one of the things that keeps people in jail is that they can't afford bail um or they can't afford good lawyers they can't afford you know so in that sense like the barrier to them accessing their life is financial. Um, so I think about the barriers and I think my word right now is access. And that's why it has the blue highlight.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I was thinking of saving this question for the the very, very end, but this is like so perfectly relevant right now. We're just going to go for it now. If You know, we've been talking about legacy, we've been talking about impact, especially in your industry in the educational world and equal opportunity, fairness, access world. That's a huge, huge umbrella industry to be in and try to make impact in. And so I know that we kind of talked about the spider web effect of like how you as an individual can plant seeds all over the place and try to have a ripple effect away from yourself. But if someone, you know, a college senior comes up to you and says, Dan, I want to do exactly what you're doing. I want to, I care about the exact same things. I want to remove all these barriers. I want people to have access and equality. But they say, but I'm only one person. I don't know what I can do. I don't know what to do. What would you tell them? What advice would you give them about making impact in such a giant kind of realm that you're in.
1: (laughs) I do it's telling that one of our I feel like one of the emojis that we send back and forth to each other all the time is the mind blown emoji. (laughs) Uh, That's like half our conversations and memes. Uh, Oh man. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is I think in my journey it's taken me a long time to figure that out and I still don't have it figured out. Um, sure. And part of the reason, not the reason, but part of the, well, part of the reason that our friendship grew is because we had conversations in which I came to you for some like advice and coaching on this sort of thing. Um, and I'm still working on that. I always say that like life, I say to myself, um. <laughs> <What else? laughs> I'm like that's a dope quote Dan <laughs> say, say it to yourself type uh, it in your spreadsheet uh, yeah. <laughs> like dope quotes that I say to myself uh, that I'll read one day uh, is that like my life has been I think some people they, they know what they want to do from a young age one of the questions I always hear in these conversations is like think about who you were as a kid or think about who you were in high school. And like, does that give you any inclination of who you've maybe lost sight of um, the passions that you had, the things you cared about? Hmm. I think for me, it's been kind of like, I imagine it like a big block of marble and I'm got my chisel and my hammer and I'm constantly like chiseling away at life. And that eventually, it's going to be this nice work of art. Um, but that right now, it's like still mostly block and some art, mm-hmm. um, as a way of saying that I too am still trying to figure out how to do that—that what you just asked for someone in high school going into college. I think.
0: Oh, I said the, a senior in college, but as someone in college in going into
1: the world of work. Uh, <laughs> First of all, I'm sorry, this is a tough time to be going into the (laughs) lab, unfortunately. Tough time to miss graduation, as many of our high school seniors are experiencing too. Um, But I think that like to your, I'm not like trying to be a salesman for you, but like a lot of the things that we talk about is just like awareness of who you are. Um, And and that that requires work and getting to really understand those things about yourself and know those things, uh, have them on spreadsheets to remind you of those things when you forget. <laughs>
2: um,
1: so I think part one is to really find the find that, identify that, and figure out kind of like what is the what is the box that you want to work in. I like my sister really liked it, um, and I'm gonna pull it up on my phone because it's on one of my favorites. Um, but it's a quote from Kobe,
2: hmm.
1: who he, uh, I think it might've been in, in something that was written about him after he passed or in the documentary that he has, but it says you have to dance beautifully in the box that you're comfortable dancing in. My box was to be extremely ambitious within the sport of basketball. Your box is different than mine. Everybody has their own. It's your job to try to perfect, to perfect it and make it as beautiful of a canvas as you can make it. And if you've done that, you've lived a successful life." So I think I think about that as like, figuring out the thing that you really care about and working really hard at being really good at it. Um, I tend to believe, uh, like in fate-ish maybe, like question mark. Uh, or that things happen for a reason. I really love The Alchemist, These Things You Know, these kind of like spiritually books that basically posit that things in life happen for a reason. Um, And whether that's like a cosmic reason or that's just us manifesting things, like I don't know. Um, But all of that to say that The way that I have lived my life, which is maybe not the way to live your life. Uh, and I'm not sure if I would advise it, but I tend to be an optimist in the sense that you can always fix things. You can always go back, but you can't do what you never had the courage to try. So. That has resulted in me living in lots of different places, uh, having different jobs, different relationships, and one might say that it is a bit unfocused, <laughs> and as a 30-year-old now, I am behind if there's like a race of life, <laughs> and you know, like hit these things, you know, that I'm... Sure behind, uh, you know, success or wealth or, you know, marriage and how, whatever. I don't have a dog yet, you know. Um, But I think that the advice that I would give to a college student uh, (laughs) is find something that you are really excited about Have the courage to try it, and know that you can always change it. Uh, And I think that that's very, again, to your work, like all this is so personal. Um, That my trajectory has been very personal to me, and that Mm -hmm. if I had a conversation with any individual person, I would imagine having to care to be very individual to them. Which was a long answer. <laughs> you should cut all of that
0: out. <laughs> no, like, you, like you said, you don't know what part is going to affect people in different ways. So no, we're keeping all of that. <laughs> At this point, with your memory, you probably don't even remember what you said. I don't have a clue what I just said. But I'm going to send you this recording later. you would be like, what? Yeah, I'm going
1: to, like, to... <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put it into a different document, <clears throat> and highlight the pieces that were actually useful.
0: Yeah. And then take, take parts out, put it into your spreadsheet and be like, how did I said that?
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I mean, real talk, you're going along with analogies. I love the analogy of the the block of marble that you're talking about. Cause it sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that your way of finding like, all right, cool. This is the stone that I'm going to be working with. This is the stone that I care about in life. And then you just kind of like chipping away at it slowly, just like trying things and then going back or, you know, chipping at it in a different way or trying new things and making mistakes. It all is like kind of part of that long game that you're Mm -hmm. talking about of, and it, it sounds like everything that you're talking about requires patience. Yes, it's personalized, but it definitely requires that patience to kind of just keep trying stuff. Yeah. Keep chiseling away. Keep picking away. Keep trying this, trying that, as long as you stay true to whatever you're interested in.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's the that is the perfect segue into the the uh, culminating idea of The Alchemist. Which <laughs> is just, I mean, it's just—I mean—it's like one of my favorite quotes of all time. But the idea—spoiler alert—if you haven't read The Alchemist, also you should have read The Alchemist. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but uh you know his it's it's a book about his journey to find treasure um and he goes on this long journey and he eventually ends up back where he started and it's like i think it's under a tree so i mean like there you go we've we've come full circle ourselves yeah Um, and he says he says to god Basically, again, a quote I'll butcher. Um, (laughs) But he's like, why did you take me on this journey if I was just going to end up back here? Uh, And he was like, well, if you never left, you wouldn't have seen the pyramids. And aren't they so beautiful? Uh, And that's just like, "Mm," like, (laughs) "Mm." That is just, I'm going to fill my belly with that. (laughs) Uh, The... the, uh, on the journey which does require a lot of patience um you get to experience these things that are so amazing inevitably you'll also experience things that are not amazing um okay. but that those you know those go hand in hand in some sense and that at the end like he does he ends up physically back where he began but inevitably who he is has changed so much um totally that by the end of it you are you are transformed uh into you know a a higher elevated version of yourself um which is dope (laughs) and
0: i love that especially because even though you didn't think that your answers were very cohesive all we're doing is looping this back to what you said is the construction of identity of like if you don't go out and try things, experience things, meet people, fail, get challenged in all these different ways, those experiences and those people are not going to contribute. You're not going to have the opportunity to have those experiences and people contribute to who you are
1: Exactly.
0: and your personal development.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, to, to our friendship, like we met at an event that... I have only been to one of those,
2: which was that one. <laughs> was that one. Yeah. I think
1: you have only been to a few of them, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it's like you never know. You never know. Um, right. Had I not taken a chance on that event, which was part of an organization, it's like I don't believe in any of that stuff. right um, And that neither do you. But had we both not. Just been like, you know, let's do it. Uh then we wouldn't have met. (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) Mind blowing. (laughs) Uh, Amazing, amazing connection. Uh Uh-huh. That is also the plot of yes, man, with Jim Carrey. (laughs) 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 Which is basically like it was originally like he would just say no to everything. Um, and I forget why he had to start saying yes um i think it was like a bet or i forget why it doesn't matter it doesn't matter (laughs) but he basically he was like i'm just gonna say yes to everything so he like buys a motorcycle Mm -hmm. and he i think he like steals some stuff he like goes the opposite end of where he was Mm -hmm. Uh, and he through that experience like falls in love and discovers who he is and it was because he opened himself up to those opportunities, um, which I have so many quotes about that. That's just.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Fill my belly with deliciousness is what you said about. <laughs> <my quote. laughs> I, oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> no, it's true. And And just to kind of sum up, kind of close the loop of what you just said, it's, that event there's nothing wrong with the organization it's just an organization that you and i just like did not really connect with and we just happened to go to that event and it's funny because i remember our first contact together was not even over text or anything after the event we were talking you we were emailing each other and we were like so how do you feel about that event and like (laughs) you you just like i think you're the one who asked me which which is like the emblem of how we just dive deep we don't even Mm -hmm. care no chit chat. <laughs> we just dive in. You're just like like what was your analysis of the people at that event? <laughs> it's like let's just get coffee. Let's go hang out. <laughs> so
1: that's what it all began.
0: Yeah, but it's true. If you hadn't said yes, I mean you clearly weren't enjoying that event. And then we got to connect and we and, and we enjoyed our conversation. So it is cool to see like that there is still an opportunity in every experience.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that is interesting that you say that, especially during like coronavirus. Um, Yeah. I definitely don't, I don't want to, I think about this a lot, as I think about everything, and put it in so many spreadsheets, Uh, but (coughs) in exactly the same way, like this time, there are probably opportunities. There are, there are definitely opportunities that exist, um, despite the fact that we have to social distance and, you know, it has disrupted everyone's life in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about just like the world that I live in, too, people's experience with COVID is so different. Um, and for some people who still have to go to work, uh, live with lots of family members, um, live paycheck to paycheck, have other health issues, like the way that they are experiencing coronavirus is so different than the way that I'm experiencing it. Sure. Um, so to those people, it, it feels callous to be like, look for the opportunity during this time. Um, but I think to, to people like myself who are experiencing Like, the main challenge for me is, like, that I have to stay home all the time. Um, I think it has been – it has pushed me to think about what are the opportunities that are available during this time. Um, And that in any negative, there are, like you said, you know, some silver lining somewhere in there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people – You know, I think a lot of people that you and I talk to are like-minded individuals who ask the question of like, okay, what can I do? Like what, even if it's not kind of commonplace community service, things like donating to charity or doing, going out and uh, volunteering somewhere. A lot of people that we know are the ones who like really are curious, like how can I give back? Like what opportunities are in this? Um, yeah. <clears throat> but I think you bring up a really good point because there are a lot of people who don't think about that because they, they are working hard enough to just keep themselves safe and meet their own basic needs in this. So at this moment they can't give back or they don't know how, or they're just not thinking about it because they need to be focused on themselves. And I think maybe in the social media world, and this is just a whole other rabbit hole for us to go down, but, in the social media world, there's a lot of focus on giving back Mm. that I have to remember to give people who I talk to the permission to just be like, no, focus on what you think you need to focus on. Like you said before, like, think about, you know, like if you can't think about a legacy or giving back or, or just giving in general, focus on what you need to focus on, focus on what interests you. And then that's an opportunity in itself, just to learn about yourself, just to sit inside and chill. Like, absolutely. Be a little selfish is actually okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, and you know this better than everyone with your work and mental health and, you know, understanding those sorts of things. Um, but I mean, the analogy is like, you can't fill another glass unless you have something in your glass to fill, um, to fill it with. So I think yeah this time this time can hopefully be both, but you have to start yeah, mm-hmm. with taking care of yourself. Um, it is such an ironic time because it it is a time when people want so much to help and they feel helpless. and this makes yeah. me again, it makes me think about when helping hurts, um, because it's like the things that we would typically do to help someone are now potentially hurtful in the sense that like. Uh, I can't volunteer my time personally without potentially putting someone at risk. Um, So it's such like an interesting uh, challenge in some ways to say, how do I feel useful myself? How do I feel like I'm helping the world? How do I feel like I'm not just sitting and watching Netflix all day long? Um, Which is fine if that's, you know, if that's what you gotta do, What you gotta do. Um, but I think that like, we have this innate desire to be, you know, useful. Um, but then the way to be useful in some sense right now is to stay at home, which is just such a, you know, it's such a, uh, and how we balance all those things. (coughs) Yeah. Yeah. To your point that, that it can be a great time for us to focus inward and identify those things that, that we've always wanted to do. Uh, you know, while also trying to get back in some way.
0: Totally. <clears throat> Which is also another good segue into probably what should be our last topic because <laughs> otherwise we're going to go deep down into <laughs> dark rabbit holes for a few hours. But um, something I've been curious in this conversation but also in a lot of conversations with you is like you work in a very... I'll just say large and kind of challenging industry. Like your mission is a very large one about just like social equity, diversity, social justice and fairness and access to opportunities. And knowing you and for everybody who's watching and listening to this, Dan is a very introspective person. And if you haven't noticed from all of his references, he loves reading
2: books. So
0: (laughs) especially for people like us who are very introspective, sometimes it can get to be too much. And so especially in quarantine, I'm curious for you, since like you have very big aspirations in a very large and I'll just say heavy industry, how do you avoid getting sucked into the vortex of like too much self-reflection, especially in quarantine? when you, you're reading a ton, you're thinking a ton, you make a ton of spreadsheets, just like, like your spreadsheets are like my journaling. You yeah. know, like there are definitely times where I've journaled too much and I have to like pull myself out. But how do you avoid going like too deep, in which case you'll like totally overthink everything that you're reflecting on too deeply?
1: You know I'm the worst overthinker. Of all time. <laughs> well,
0: from one overthinker to another. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> we very much. Bother <clears throat> this
0: is like Overthinkers Anonymous. I
2: should <laughs> trademark that.
0: <Okay. laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> yours. They'll be like our support group. Perfect.
1: Um, what a yeah, what a good question. You're just the master of questions, which is a good.
2: <laughs> Thank stuff.
1: So, you. Back tap, um, virtual <laughs> back tap, because I
2: can
1: actually I think that you're right, that it it can be too much. Um, cool, cool. Phone call? <laughs> oh man, that's my uh, friend getting a phone call about potentially adopting a puppy. She's gonna be very <laughs> excited about that and potentially very upset that I did not answer that phone call. <laughs> for months to get a puppy, oh my gosh. Um, we we'll definitely have That's to end fun. this. So I can call that back.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, sounds good. We'll but, end on this topic. <laughs>
1: great. Um, I think that, <clears throat> to your point about patience, another good word is balance, and um, that we must do the work of introspection, but not do it too much, which is just what you said. Um, so I think, like for me, I'm a very intentional. Calendar guy, surprising, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> considering everything is on a spreadsheet or on a doc. But basically, what I've done, the way that I've extrapolated out, you all are seeing the inner workings of my madness for sure. Um, but I think that to go full circle, in thinking about like the Clayton Christensen sort of ideas, the um, Tuesdays and Mori, like how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to make sure that you live the life that you wanted to live? I think you have to extrapolate that backwards. Um, Mm -hmm. And you have to figure out, you know, there's a path to getting to that point. It doesn't just happen immediately. And then you break those things apart and you identify what's important to you. So I have identified six values. um, And then on every, I calendar everything. And then in my calendar, I associate the activity with a value oftentimes.
0: Awesome. I love like it. Sounds like
1: a crazy person. no know. But, uh, this, is,
0: this is sweet. I think this would be really helpful for people.
1: I'll send you a picture. I'll pick a week where it looks less insane.
0: Yeah. Uh, sounds good.
1: But the idea, for instance, is that joy is purple, because again, I like colors, and um, sort of like leadership self-reflection big goals are yellow and then uh, work is green and health wellness is blue but the reason that i like doing that is that when i look at my week of a calendar i can visually mm. see have i dedicated have i carved out space in my week Mm. to dedicate time to those things. Mm. Uh, Because I think so often we think that we are dedicating time to things. But whether or not we are actually dedicating time to those things is untrue. You know, I can think I am I am dedicating time to learning Spanish, but inevitably if I'm not like practicing that a few times a week, then I'm not actually learning and I'm just thinking that I'm learning. Right. Uh, So on my calendar, I have carved out spaces for, like, you know, read, reflect, uh, think about next steps, you know, connect with family and friends. Um, but I also have, you know, practice some piano, watch a movie. Um, so that ideally, by the end of each week, and by the end of my life, uh, I will at least think that i have you know gotten closer to accomplishing some of those things um, so that's my style uh, that's sweet and i think yeah just like having some self-compassion right mm-hmm. uh, self-compassion to say right now i just need to watch a movie and that's okay um, but also to say have some self-compassion in the sense of being like uh my thinking around this has changed a lot actually over the last year, but self-compassion thinking about not just like what is currently nice for you, but uh what is the thing that you actually really want? Uh, I tell kids they're like, this is the this is the broccoli metaphor I use. It's like, I care about your health and your wellness and your life outcomes. so that would be like me saying like you have to eat this broccoli you're probably not gonna like this broccoli right now but your long-term uh outcomes may potentially be better because i'm letting you eat broccoli instead of saying here's a snickers bar because i know you're gonna like the snickers bar right now Uh, (laughs) so part of self-compassion i think is also being like i actually really care about this thing and right now that may require me to study or to you know read some of these things that uh are maybe like quote unquote a little bit harder uh but that over the long term you are actually doing an act of kindness for yourself because you are looking out for your own goals yeah Uh,
0: excuse me i love that and that's that's the total nurturance of what you've been talking about nurturing what you actually care about Mm. and like the chiseling chiseling the block of marble it's a lot of really hard work and you have to be really patient yeah. with it. Eventually you'll start to see what form it's taking, but it could take years to do so.
2: Yes. So, <laughs> I <know. laughs>
0: yeah. I mean that man, that self-compassion piece is like, is a huge topic that I'm diving into right now in my work. Um, yeah. And that I'm like exploring and researching a lot, both for myself and for my clients. So I love that you brought that up and just the simplification of thinking yeah just like it's okay giving yourself that permission to be to to look at a list like yours or to or that color coded schedule like yours and say you know what it's actually okay if i don't go practice spanish right now it's actually okay if i don't you know go out on a run if my body needs to sit and just read for a little while i'm going to sit and read for a little while
2: yeah I think
0: that's huge because so many people don't give themselves that permission because they have that pressure that they need to, once they make their schedule, it's as though they can't change it. Totally. It's like totally locked yeah. in and someone else's control is in control.
1: You have to control of the schedule. You can move the little boxes, which is
0: your favorite part <laughs> of the spreadsheet.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. They are always moved. Um, and to your point.
2: Uh, oh man. you got this good,
1: obviously. Um, yeah great idea something connected to uh, oh I think I think to to again to your work is that a lot of that comes down to as you know like self-awareness mm. uh, being able to understand like well what what am I feeling Why am I feeling it right now? What is it that I actually need um, currently? Uh, Yeah. So that's
0: very true. true. (laughs) Awesome, man. All right. So we'll probably, we'll, we'll end it there, even though there are like so many things that we could continue to riff off of, but um, man, this, you may not have thought that you were coherent in some of your answers. You thought that you were too tangential, but I took a ton of notes on things that you said and I thought this was amazing and I love it like certainly especially the things like um like the the sense of self stuff and the identity stuff but also you shared two amazing techniques and like strategies that people can actually use whether they want to use spreadsheets or not (laughs) but just record keeping (laughs) like 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 the one you just said like that's in my, in my industry, the personal development industry, there's so much about time management. I don't like coaching time management. I have a certain a couple of strategies that I do enjoy coaching people on, <clears throat> but I'm not going to write a book on it. But you just presented one that I've never thought of before. The way that you actually like kind of collate values with activities and then you match them up together and then just like put them in your schedule to make sure all of them get met in a given week. Mm. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people focus mostly on the activities thinking that they have to do certain things like their obligations instead of remembering what personal values or totally. personal meaning is assigned to those activities.
1: Yeah. When you imbue it with a sense of value, then it feels you know more important to why you're doing it. You have a rationale right. for it. My last quote, so <laughs> uh-huh. one of my, actual absolute favorites the alchemist it's just this is just me getting to share all my favorite quotes sure um, is from a guinness commercial and it is some friends it's like a group of people playing um basketball and they're all in wheelchairs and they're like playing basketball against each other and it has this like nice music overlay to it and this guy you know they like, run into each other and they fall over and then like the shot goes up and it goes through and the game's over and everyone gets out of their chair, uh, because they can walk, except for one guy, um, who's oh, still yeah, an and yep. they like they go to the bar together and they have a kidness, <laughs> <And>, um, <laughs> which is great. Uh, but the 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 words that they use, the overlay is that the choices we make reveal the true nature of our character. Um, which oh, I think wow. connects to everything we've said, is that is that. Uh, your choices your action your time your money um, those things all are the things that make up a life Um, the end
0: (laughs) (laughs) no it's so true you're and all of those things are what create and feed and build up the identity that we talked about our sense of self and our personality exactly absolutely nice well, yeah, we'll definitely end it there because there's lots of things we could go down from there. But Dan, thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Why don't, yeah, why don't you stick around for a minute um, after I stop this? But um, everybody who's watching and listening, if you want to get in touch with Dan, I can easily get you in touch with him if you care about the million amazing things that he said today, super mind-blowing stuff about social justice and equality and how to leave the lasting impact in a very humble and selfless way while still also taking care of yourself and enjoying a fulfilling life.